Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Emily Mumford. She's an assistant district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in the South St. Paul, Minnesota office. And today we're talking all about a summer checklist. And Emily, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you when you go to a property in the summer? What's the first thing you're looking at? Yeah, when I'm at the beginning of the summer, I'm thinking about mulching and, and a tree pruning assessment. Those are the first two things that come to mind. So tree pruning assessment, what does that mean? You're looking up into the tree, looking for branches that need to come out, I guess? Yeah, yeah. So in Minnesota, we definitely um, get most of our storms in the summertime with those higher winds, those straight line winds, and then occasionally a tornado. Um, so just looking at the balance of the canopy and looking for weaknesses, structural weaknesses, uh, cracks that might be forming between main unions, Um also branches, lateral branches that might be a bit tip heavy uh, and, and that kind of thing. How often should somebody have uh, an arborist come to their uh, property for this type of assessment, you think? Yeah, I, it, it really, it depends on, on your situation. So um, I do most of my consulting in the actual city of St. Paul, which has a lot of mature trees that are right next to everybody's houses and garages and uh, just a lot more targets. So a lot of my clients will have me out every two years uh, for that type of an assessment. And summer mulching. I I hate to even bring it up again, Emily, but (laughs) volcano mulch. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is good to get some mulch down refresh the mulch at the beginning of the season. One to two inches as a refresh is usually pretty good. We talk about volcano mulching. I'm sure you talk about that a lot. Just keep that mulch back from the base of the tree so we're not burying the trunks. But So a couple inches thick and then how far out? Well, if you were following the best recommendations, you could go all the way out to the drip line. Um, I tell people if they can do it, do at least a third of the of the inner canopy because that's where the majority of those fine roots are that are going to be collecting water. And I know from doing this podcast, the other benefit is that some idiot with a lawnmower can't get too close to the tree. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. We call that mower blight, right? Um, uh, yeah. Anything you can do to stop yourself from hurting your trees is great. Is there a specific type of mulch we should be looking for or just do we just go get shredded bark mulch? Yeah, that's a good question. We typically recommend doing a natural shredded bark mulch. And then what about fertilizing? Is this is this the time of year to be fertilizing trees? Yeah. So if you're using like a standard tree fertilizer, we say spring or fall. Um, Davy Tree has Arborgreen Pro, um, which slowly releases over an entire year. So the nice thing about that is that you can apply it any time of the growing season, as long as the ground isn't isn't frozen solid, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's got a super low salt index too, so we don't have to worry about that fertilizer burn like you might have to worry about with other products. Tell me a little bit about how that's applied and what 
kind of shape does the soil have to be in when that's applied? Does it need to be relatively moist or does it matter? Usually it doesn't matter too much, um, but I'll start with how it's applied. So um, we, we suspend our fertilizer and water, and then we inject it into the soil in a grid-like pattern underneath the entire drip line of the tree. Um, it's injected into the soil about three to six inches below grade. Um, if you have really dry, compacted soil, that's when it could matter because it's hard to get that probe tip into the ground. Um, but usually we can get through your soil. Does every size tree need this? Every question kind of has nuances to it, doesn't it? (laughs) But, um, if you have a tree that's in sort of a wooded area where it's got a lot of natural composting nutrients happening, um, I would say you probably could skip it. There's, there's good soil health there typically. Um, but if you've got a tree small or mature in a lawn setting, you're probably going to want to do that fertilization because, uh, grass is, is greedy basically. Um, and most people are bagging their clippings even. So there's not a lot of available nutrients for the trees that they would have in a natural setting. And tell me what you see after you apply a fertilizer like that, you come back a year later or two years later. Uh, tell me about the health of the tree after it's got some good, uh, something good to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we do typically, like on average, see better leaf color. Uh, we'll see a little bit more tip elongation. And then Arborgreen Pro is also designed to help promote root development as well. So it's a bit more balanced. Um, what you'd want to see is a healthy tree, you know, and a lot of times there's there may be other things going on with the tree too. So it's not like 100% of the time this does amazing things, but um, it's sort of like, good health recommendations for a person too, right? You want to eat healthy foods and and take care of of yourself. You know, we talk a lot about this on the podcast, but if if you can just touch on, it's important to keep that tree growing healthy so that it fights off uh, a lot of the problems that can occur. Yeah, that's exactly right. A healthy tree is, is better able to resist natural pests and native diseases. So, Emily, tell me a little bit about your your winter that you had there this year and how it's affected uh, the trees locally. Yeah, in Minnesota, especially in the metro area, it was a long winter, I would say, like, usually November, you don't see a whole lot of snow. We got snow in early November, and it just stayed. We got a lot more snow than normal, too, and we got some really he- heavy snow late winter. Um, In April, we had a massive storm that caused a lot of tree damage. We were pretty busy for a while with that. Um, One of the biggest species that was damaged was arborvitaes. And it's just frustrating because most people can grow arborvitaes on their foundations, um, but that heavy snow just ripped them apart. We've got a lot of bent arborvitaes. We've been doing some some strapping with. We use a special strap called Arbor Tie, which doesn't girdle out the stems to kind of help support those. We've had to remove some and and replant. And what's spring been like for you? Has it been a good spring for the trees? Yeah, it really has. Um, 
Some springs we get late frosts and we see a lot of frost damage. I don't feel like that was the case so much this year. Um, had kind of a slow warm up in the beginning and, and now it's accelerated into what feels like early summer weather, lots of 70s. But um, yeah, like a, a cool thing with that is um, magnolia blooms. A lot of people like magnolias around here. Most winters we have a late frost and the magnolias bloom for a day. I think they bloomed for about two weeks here. So that was kind of cool. Well, that's the same thing here. Even though we're far east from you, a magnolia will break your heart. I mean, <laughs> I was so happy this year that, you know, the stars aligned. I hadn't seen this magnolia bloom for two years. And the same sort of thing to see those flowers on there for a couple of weeks. There's, there's nothing like it. It's just spectacular. Tell me a little bit about how you got into this. Why is this job right for you? I went to school for biology. Um, I was pre-med focused. And then my senior year, I did like an independent study credit and volunteered with the St. Paul Forestry Department. Um, Emerald Ashbore had come to our metro area for, fairly recently then. Um, so I was just doing ash tree health surveys. And I talk about it like you get bit by the tree bug. Um, I sort of got bit by the tree bug and it, it just all made sense. Like <laughs> I've always loved to be outside. I've always loved climbing trees, like just for fun. Um, and I never realized there was actually a career doing this. So once I realized that I was kind of kind of stuck in it. And tell me a little bit about the positives of being out in the field and working with your clients. Yeah, so um, I get to be outside every day. Most days, that's good. Um, sometimes it's really, really cold or really, really rainy, but it's worth the other days, I guess. Um, I said that I was, I was pre-med. Um, I kind of get to be a doctor a little bit now, just a different way. So... Um, most people don't know much about trees. It's just not something that we're taught a whole lot about in school. Um, so unless you kind of had experience with having a certified arborist when you were, when you were growing up on your property, there's not a reason why you would know a whole lot about trees. Um, so when I show up to a site, um, I'm teaching people what species they have, um, talking to them about health, um, we, we get into all sorts of little nuances. Some people are really excited to learn about bugs and diseases. Some people are just happy to learn that they should be pulling soil back from around the base of their tree or looking at leaf color or understanding about growth patterns and structural integrity. So it can go a lot of different avenues, but trees are just really, really cool. And it's so fun to be able to teach people about them. Well, you know, the doctor that you speak of is the number one guest at a party. The number two guest is the tree doctor. Do you get a lot of questions when people find out what you do? Oh, oh, you know about trees. Well, I've got this tree and it's green. <laughs> I do. I mean, people will send, well, they'll, uh, they'll get out their cell phones and show me lots of pictures of things because they know that something's maybe not right or something's interesting or different. So they'll take a picture, but then they don't know what to do with it. So they get really excited when they're, oh, you're an arborist. That's sweet. Um, I feel like. I also get to climb trees a little bit too, not as much as I used to, but people think that's pretty cool. Wait, you're actually climbing the tree. Is that safe? Yes, it's safe. We're tied in. It's, it's fine. Um, that's cool. Sometimes I talk a little too much about trees, but 
you know, that's okay. <laughs> oh, I want to hear about that. I'm sure when the subject comes up, you, you want to keep talking and talking about it. I know that from talking to arborists, the one thing that drives them nuts is when you're driving around the neighborhood and you see stuff that's planted wrong, planted too close to the, tr- to the house, planted too close to the building, that sort of thing. And when you're driving in a car with an arborist, I'm thinking that might be one of the times when you're talking too much about trees. Yeah, yeah. Especially like my partner. Uh, he's with me all the time, obviously, like walks and car rides and everything. And <laughs> and I'm usually like, oh, my gosh, look at Dutch Elm's disease is spreading down the highway or, yeah, stuff like that. Why they do that? Why do they keep doing this? Or why are they planting the same three species? Yeah, you get on those tangents and um, I like to joke, well, he and I like to joke, um, he's like a secondhand arborist is what I call him. He knows enough to be dangerous just listening to, to me talk all the time. That's so funny that you say that because it's the same relationship I have with my wife because she's not really a, a gardener. But, you know, a, a building got renovated across the street and she came up and said, did you see how close they planted those uh, trees to that house? And I was like, ah. It's, I think with uh, with your partner, it's osmosis when it comes to uh, trees and shrubs and that sort of thing. So back to summer, I wanted to ask you about watering. I always wonder about watering trees and how often they should be watered and which ones should be watered. Take us through that a little bit, would you? Yeah. So if you have a new tree that you recently planted, you're going to want to water it probably about 10 gallons, three times a week. Um, One of the first questions I get when I say that is, how do I know how much is 10 gallons, right? Uh, I tell people to take their five gallon bucket that they have for home improvements, time how long it takes them to fill it up, and then they'll know, okay, that's how long I have to put the hose on a tree. Um, For mature trees, you know, it kind of depends. In the metro area, we're supposed to get an average of one inch of rain a week. Um, So if we're getting that, you really don't have to do a whole lot of supplemental watering. The problem is usually we get to July and August and early September and we start having these droughts. And even when it rains, it's not enough or it's too heavy and it's just running off into the street. So that's when you want to water those guys too. And I would say once a week, doing it at night is best um, because the stomata are open on the leaves. So you're going to have better water uptake, um, slow watering. And just remember, you're trying to supplement for that one inch. So it's quite a bit of water that once a week. And certainly if you're planting in the spring, you got to keep water on that tree all the way through the heat of the summer, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And even baby at the second year too. Just a couple other quick highlights, I would say. Um, If you haven't done it already, uh, make sure you're getting the cones off of your tree trunks, burlap off of your trees. Um, Airflow is really important once we're in the growing season. So I live in a Disney movie with rabbits and deer and everything else you could possibly imagine. And I'm protecting some of my trees, certainly from the deer rubbing. When is all that stuff supposed to come off? Usually I would recommend end of March. We also use a product called Deer Pro quite a bit, and that's sprayed onto your tree trunks or your evergreens. So that's going to keep them safer too. Oh, I know all about Deer Pro. They (laughs) sent me some, and I actually, in the box, left it in my car for about a week. 
that was about six months ago. My car still smells like deer poop. <laughs> so I know it works. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Before I let you go, Emily, tell me a little bit about what the best part of your job is. Well, so I recently moved into the assistant district manager position, um, which is which is really fun because I was just doing consulting and sales for about eight years. And that's a really awesome job, too. But now I kind of get to focus inwards on getting my employees as excited about trees as I am, you know, and helping them with their own development, whether it's their skills and taking care of trees or or just certifications that that sort of thing. Well, that sounds pretty good because we can hear your passion for the trees. So thanks so much for all that information about the summer checklist. And I'm sure we will talk again. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on here. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. You'll never miss one of these great shows. Have an idea for a show or a comment? Send me an email to podcasts, that's plural, at davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y dot com. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.